Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. This is a continuation of the series of messages that I've been preaching, dealing with the subjects that our five-year plan are dealing with. Committees have been preparing the plan for the future of our church, and that will be presented to the church in December. And I've been attempting to deliver a message on each one of those subjects of each committee. This morning it is on the committee dealing with music, and it's not intended to tell that committee what to do, but uh, I feel like that we need to, to think in certain terms on each of the subjects that we're dealing with, and this morning I want to deal with the subject, Music from the Heart. And that's exactly what we have heard this morning from the choir and from the congregation, but I want to elaborate somewhat upon this particular subject. Ephesians chapter 5, just two verses, verse 18 and 19. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Let us pray. Father, our hearts are filled this morning with your spirit because we have felt you in our midst and in the depths of our hearts. We have expressed our heart thoughts unto you and to each other as we have sung together. Bless us as we consider the subject of the relationship of music to us as a church and to individuals, where we pray in Christ's name. You're quite aware, I know, that what one says betrays what one is. That there is no doubt that we divulge our real feelings, our thoughts, our attitudes. We divulge the type of person we are by what we say. But I think we also divulge the same thing by what we sing or by how we sing. Music is an important and a big part of our lives. You cannot turn on the radio but what it is saturated with music. This is good. Some of it, I will say before the message is over, I question that it's music, but it's given that title. And Paul wrote to the Ephesians and told them to be filled with the Spirit. And if they are filled with the Spirit, then they're going to do something. And that's something that he talks about is speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, there's some important things that he says in this. I believe that what one sings 
reflects one's heart. What comes out of our lips is that which is in the depths of our soul. Now, if you want to take those statements and apply it to that which we sing, we can begin to realize that what one sings reflects his soul. What one sings from his lips comes out of the depths of his soul. Therefore, it becomes very important what we sing and how we sing it and where, perhaps, we sing it. Some people have gone back in history and have written the history of civilization from the standpoint of the music that is sung. I'm not capable of doing that, but I have read some of those things. And where they have proven to us through the content of the music, the words that are set to music, that the history of our nation, the history of our world has been written. There is a distinction from group to group, from nation to nation, based solely upon that one thing, that which is set to music, that reflects the heart and soul of that group of people. Therefore, we as Christians must reveal our faith, must reveal our salvation by many ways, but one way is that by which we sin. And the psalmist in, in Psalm 33, 1, made this statement, saying, for the joy of the Lord, O ye righteous ones. Now, there are two things in that, in that psalm verse that are important. Number one, he encourages us to sing for the joy of the Lord. But who is to do this singing? He responds, O ye righteous ones. I want to ask you, why did we sing this morning? Why did the choir do such a beautiful job? Why did what they sang bring a lock to our throat, a tear maybe to our eyes, but more importantly, a joy coming up out of our heart? as if it were reaching out to say something special. Why? Because we are the righteous ones, and we are singing for the joy of the Lord. We have been redeemed. We have been made righteous. We have a heart that has been purified from sin. There is one that we often sing, for I have been redeemed. Listen. When we have been redeemed, there's something that happens deep in the depths of our heart and soul that can't help but come out. It has to come out. And oft times it will come out in singing. 
the Lord with his disciples on the last night as they ate the Lord's Supper did a lot of things. But before they went out into the Mount of Olives, the Lord, I believe, led them in a hymn. The scripture says they sang a hymn before they went out to the Mount of Olives. It doesn't say who led that group, but I think the Lord himself did. He was going out to sweat great drops of blood in agony for you and me. But even in the midst of this anticipation, he was able to lead his little group of twelve in singing, and it was joy coming out of the heart, even in the midst of pending despair, pending suffering, and finally the cross itself. Paul and Silas were in prison with the chains around their ankles in the middle of the night. What were they doing? They were praying and they were singing hymns. They weren't singing hymns for the benefit of the jailer who sat outside. They weren't singing hymns for the benefit of the other prisoners that were there with them. They were singing hymns because there was a joy in the depths of their heart that had to come out. Now the byproduct was that the prisoners and the jailer heard them, and the jailer, as a result, came rushing in and said to Paul, uh, to Paul, yes, what must I do to be saved? And Paul was able to witness to him. My point here is that singing sets the stage for the Holy Spirit to deal with the heart of people so that the preached message can get through. Maybe you don't realize this, and I didn't, honestly, realize this till I did study for this message. We don't find in the scripture where singing led somebody to the Lord. We find it where it set the stage and set the tone and melted the heart and soothed the spirit so that the spoken word could evangelize. How marvelous it is that the Lord prepared us, his people, to be able to sing his beautiful music and set the stage that some soul might be saved. I believe that sometimes we misunderstand the purpose of our music. Sometimes we think it's for entertainment. Music, basically, is for entertainment. You turn on the radio, why do you do it? To be entertained. Why do we go to concerts? To be entertained. Well, when it comes to the gospel in music, it is not intended to be entertainment. It is not intended to be. Last night I sat down for a few minutes and listened to Hee Haw. And they had the Hee Haw Gospel Quartet. I've listened to that gospel quartet for years, and I've listened to the Florida Boys, which is one of my favorite gospel groups. But there has always been something that nagged me in the back of my mind that was wrong with this whole process. I have finally determined what it is that's wrong. 
The gospel is not intended to be entertainment. And on hee-haw, that's the way it's being presented. When I go to the West Virginia Fair and listen to the Florida boys or to someplace else, I delight in it and enjoy it, and it is great entertainment. But hopefully through that, there's going to be something said to some soul. But if it is strictly for entertainment, we're falling far short of our purpose. Our purpose in singing anything about God, about Jesus Christ, the gospel, is intended and must be intended to set the stage that the gospel can hit the heart. And if we don't do it in that manner, we have fallen short of the purpose of music within the church. And I think I, I would certainly caution us that as a church, but we be sure that when we sing, we're doing it for the glory of God, that's the first statement, and for setting the stage that the gospel can do its work. God's spirit in the heart is going to come out at times in music. I want you to notice there are three things he said here in verse 19 about our singing. We're to sing in psalms, we're to sing in hymns, and we're to sing in spiritual songs. Notice those three categories. Psalms, we know what the psalms are. The hymns of the Old Testament that the, that the Hebrew people put to music. They speak basically of the work of God. Hymns, those are those songs that are designed to praise, designed to praise particularly Jesus Christ. And spiritual songs, those are those things that are set to, to, to music as a testimony of what we believe and what has happened to us. So as we sing, we are to do it as a witness to God to magnify his marvelous work, as a praise to Jesus Christ for what he has done for us, or as a testimony of our life and what has changed in us as a result of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're to do, and it must be done to get the message across to all people, but primarily to those of us who are Christian. We're doing it to praise God, and the byproducts may very well be salvation to some soul. Where does this come from? He says, from the heart. Can a non-Christian sing I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. For his eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. No non-Christian can sing that. Why can we sing it as Christian people? Because it comes from the heart. You think a person would ever lie in church? But we do. Right here. I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice. Hold thy love to me. I just opened it up. I can do that on any of them. Seems like I find what I know. It's amazing how many of these hymns I don't know. See my point? 
Then we sing. We sing because it comes from the depths of our heart and must come out of our lips to praise God, to praise Jesus Christ. And I would caution that we do not sing with our lips that which we cannot proclaim from the depths of our heart. Else we will be singing in pride or for fame or for acclaim or for money or for some other reason. God said to the Hebrew people back in Amos 5, 24, he said, take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not even listen to the sound of your harps, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a flowing stream. What is he saying? Let me interpret it in my own words. Stop the music until your heart is right. Because that which we sing to praise God or Jesus Christ or give a testimony must be something that comes from down deep. Take a look at the world's music and you will discover that it reflects the world's standards. You will see that it reflects the world's attitudes. It talks about the world's gods. And many of this, this the Christian cannot sing because it talks of something that we don't know of. It's talking about going to the tune of a different drummer, if we might use that praise. We don't know that song. We don't know that tune. We cannot sing of the world's standards, nor the world's attitudes, nor sing praises to the world's gods, because we have a different god. We have a different moral attitude. We have a different approach to that which we sing. Do you realize that in hell there will be no music? All you have to do to prove that is go to Revelation 18.22. I'm going to read it this morning, but you go back and look at it. There will be no music in hell. There will be all kinds of music in heaven. One of the things that I'm going to look forward to in heaven, secondly, I think, or maybe third, secondly at least to meeting the Lord, is getting the opportunity to sing in a choir in heaven. I want to be a part of that great choir that is going to sing, I don't know how many pipe organs and all the other instruments that there will be, but there will be music in heaven such as we have never heard, and it's going to be singing the praises of God and His Son, Jesus Christ. And we're going to be doing that. If you look at the world's music, take African music as an example. If you study the African music, the thing that you will discover about it, that it sings of superstition. If you want to take the, a lot of, and not all of, the Western music of our country, and may I hasten to say that I am not suggesting that we should not sing 
or play a lot of popular music. That is not my point at all. But I am suggesting to you that much of the Western music, country Western music, of our day and age sings of seduction, of suggestiveness, and of lust. You take those three subjects out of Western music, and I don't, wouldn't have too much problem with the rest of it, but so much of our country Western is seductive in nature, suggesting things that Christians ought not say, do, or think. Rock music. Now listen to me clear. Rock music speaks of hopelessness, of purposelessness, and of the rejection of God. Take it apart, and if you can figure out what the words are, you're going to have to get something to read. If you're like me, you can't figure out a single word that's being sung in rock music. You're going to have to take it in written form and dissect it, but you will discover that we have sunk to a level a little lower in dealing with rock music, that there is no hope depicted in that which is sung. It is of despair. Then go to hard rock, and you will discover another step downward when hard rock sings of violence, of immorality, of alcohol, and of drugs. It is permeated throughout that hard rock music. A rock singer said this, Rock has always been the music of the devil. A converted rock musician said this, When I hear rock, I feel the urge to get drunk and go back to drugs. I say to you that we as Christian people must exercise some control over the kind of music that is in our homes and in our schools and in our church and in our community to see that our kids are learning the right kind of music because many of them are singing of violence, immorality, alcohol, and drugs, and despair, and the rejection of God, and don't even know they're doing it. The place that music has in the Christian community is that which comes from our hymn books that hopefully speak the truth of the scripture in order that we might praise God, praise Jesus Christ, and give a testimony of our faith in him. That's what music for the Christian is supposed to be. A college in Colorado did a study of rock music on plant life. I'd heard this, but I, I had to read the study to, to prove it to myself. They found out in that study the, the playing of hard rock music in the presence of plants in a room caused them to shudder, to turn away from the music, and to finally wither and die. Whereas soothing music caused the very opposite to take place. I have discovered in my own personal life, in driving down the highway when I always turn on the radio, that there have been a few times that I have become quite irritable with the traffic and uh, 
said a few things to the driver when he should have done something different than he did, and I began to think, why am I acting this way? And you know what I discovered? The music that I was listening to was rock music. When I turned over to some soothing music or to some gospel music, my uh, emotions settled down, and I was more in control and more relaxed. I don't know if you've tried that or not, but listen, if you want to agitate somebody, you play some of that stuff and you'll do it. If you want them to be in a good mood, you better play something soothing. So you women, when your husbands come home, you better have something on soothing and don't have on something rock if you want, to, if you want him to settle down when he gets home. That is fact. There is no doubts about that, that we react to music. We react to that which we hear. To whom do we sing? Well, the answer, of course, is very easy. We sing to the Lord. Aristotle, that great man of many years ago, said that music represents the passion of the soul. If one listens to the wrong music, he will become the wrong kind of person. I believe that sincerely. For our purpose in singing is not to draw attention to ourselves, not to entertain others, but our purpose in singing within the church is to praise Jesus Christ. Bach said, the great musician Bach, that the aim of all music is to glorify God, and I believe that. The aim of anything that we do in the realm of music within the church is not here to entertain us. It's not here to win the lost to Jesus Christ, although as a byproduct it might be that our purpose in music in the church is to praise God. That's what it's for, is to praise God. And that's our mechanism and our form of doing it. Samuel, or back in Samuel, rather, 1 Samuel, chapter 16, verse 23, particularly, we have the, the story of, of David playing on his harp to King Saul. And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took a harp and played with his hand so that Saul was refreshed and was well and the evil spirit departed from him. Three things happened to Saul as a result of music. He was emotionally uh, up in the air and it soothed him and calmed him down. He physically was healed, but the important thing was the evil spirit departed from him. He had the spirit of God in the presence of evil spirit as a result of the music. What is the purpose of music in the church? It's to focus on the worship of God. It must come from the heart. And when it does those two things, it will heal the ills of the people. It will heal our ills. It will set our hearts and minds in such a state that the Lord can deal with us. Yes, I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. Because let me tell you, I know his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches over me. You know that? Can you sing the hymns of the church from the depths of your heart? Can you praise God in song because you believe in him? If you cannot, you ought to join the group that can. Sing his praises. We invite you to do so this morning as we sing our invitation to him. There's a person in this congregation.
Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.